All right, guys, so this is being recorded. This is 201st Talk Sci-Fi. This is our live robot episode. I am David Klink. Uh, I'm Troy Harkin. And David, you ready to open the door for the party? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's see who's here. Why don't we uh, introduce some people, Troy? We got Jerome Stewart, who we just recorded a episode on religion with. Hey there. You have a nice party. I love the the hors d'oeuvres. Oh, excellent! Just uh, the cheese tray. I would be a little wary of. Just maybe give that a, a pass. How long has that been there? Uh, the Borison. It's been there probably since um, our Thanksgiving. I thought. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we that's have like hors- your Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> and we call them the hors d'oeuvres of magnitude. But sorry, that was a attempt. We got Ira. We got Janet. We got Maya. Um, Lisa, and I'm not sure if, uh, and you were introducing, uh, Dan. I was in, introducing Dan, Dan Miwa, who has, uh, his first novel, Rhett, out right now. Uh, um, and I should have said Rhett now, I guess, if I wanted to be cute, right, Dan? Um, and, um, yeah, we've known each other for quite a long time. Yeah, sure. We go back, uh, what, like 15 years now, I, I would say? At we've least. Worked, At least. We've worked We've worked together. We've jammed together. Yeah, we've had some long conversations on what sci-fi novels, movies, everything. Yeah, especially space balls, which you'll be coming back to join us for in uh, for the May Fourth show. Um, so yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, awesome. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Yeah, that was such a fluke when we worked out our schedule. We're taking January off, starting up for two shows in February. And so, and when it just worked out, just happened that our 14th episode of the season falls on May 4th. And we thought, we've got to have a Star Wars one episode on that. And that's where Troy said Dan should join us for Spaceball. So I think we will look forward to that. Yeah, space, space. So I was talking to Troy about this. We went out for dinner when back in August, I think it was. Troy, um, and- it was before we had to be multi-layered to be outside. So yeah, it was quite a while ago. And and spaceballs. I mean, like what a classic, classic comedy, great spoof of like Star Wars. So I think it's very fitting that it falls on um, May the fourth. But um, that that movie really kind of. Um, I I started so I actually I've, I watched that movie before I watched Star Wars, right? So my parents <laughs> loved it, and and so when I was watching Star Wars, yeah. I thought it was a spoof on Spaceballs. <laughs> when I was young. I was like maybe like eight or nine, and I'm like, oh, what's a Star Wars movie? It's 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 so much like Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So somebody should uh, let these people know. Get a lawsuit going. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. yeah. Janet, glad you're with us as always. Well, thank you. <laughs> David, do you want to continue with uh, intros or whatever? Well, it looks like we've got Stephen Humphrey who will be uh, joining us, and he will be a guest uh, looking at Neuromancer, which I think is going to probably drop in either February or March. We're working out the seasons. Uh, Neuromancer is one of Stephen's favorite um, uh, novels, so and we always like our guests to be really super excited about the topic that we will be uh, talking to them about. Yeah, and um, Maya, we uh, had a great show with you, too, and I'm just always impressed that you dropped a P-Funk reference. So, 
<laughs> that, that made my made, made my night. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, I think you were muted before when you were maybe trying to say something. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm unmuted now. Yeah, make my funk the P funk for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep that stuff uncut. You, you got to wear your sunglasses to be cool, right? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, now I want my yeah, Bootsy yeah. Collins star sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the things that we have up is that Troy and I are going to share what we think are our favorite 10 robots. Did I get introduced? Oh. What am I, the best man at your wedding? Oh, I've oh, been waiting this? for you to introduce <laughs> Rob, actually. The it's, best man yeah. at your wedding does not get introduced? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Robert J. Sawyer is here, and he's Yay. been a guest, I think, about four or five times. It's been um, a great run, and we're looking forward to more next season. Um, I think we're looking at doing a special on Prisoners of Gravity, because it's 35th anniversary. It's coming up in August, and that's when our our uh, fifth season... Is this our fifth season, Troy? So our sixth season might start with that. Um, and next season, we're looking at doing shows based on people's favorite TV shows from the past. And with Rob, that would probably be either Star Trek classic um, and possibly even the Night Stalker. Like, I'm not sure what we it's likely probably going to be Star Trek, but we can talk about that. But that's what next season is going to be, just people's favorite um uh, shows. Well, if if yeah. Rob takes Star Trek, I would be delighted to volunteer for uh, Night Stalker. Well, yeah, it's a deal, Ira. I think, I think we we also deal. mentioned you for that, Ira. Um, I also oh, if yeah. we if we make it through, um, if, if David and I don't kill one another, and if we make it past either the robot uprising, the, the singularity, then we I want to do a show with Robert as well on the uh, the four other Planet of the Apes films. If you're willing, Robert, but I mean, 100%. that, that needs to, to happen as well. Okay. And I, so we've got Peter Jute as well. Peter, who I know from just supporting uh, my readings and whatnot, my readings, my writings, my arithmetic. And uh, Lisa, I, Lisa, are you, uh, maybe David needs to introduce you. And welcome to the, to, to this podcast too. Well, I think uh, Peter wanted to say something. He just unmuted oh, himself. Sorry, Peter. I just wanted to say hi. Hey. Enjoy your, your book. Thanks, and thanks for making it for this. It's uh, a little sort of cyber party. I can count myself as an author, too, if you include math books. You can do that. <laughs> you can do it. On a robot yeah. show, it definitely counts. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and Lisa's here, and Sandra's here, and Lisa is a long-standing fan of Doctor Who and has recently come back from Chicago TARDIS which is a huge convention with, with, you know, hundreds and hundreds, maybe over, you know, seven, 800,000 people in Chicago. Uh, did you want to talk about that just quickly, Lisa? Uh, yeah. So it was about, I think it was about eight or I can't remember if it got to be a thousand people this year, but it's always great. They had three doctors uh, this year and a um, whole bunch of companions. Uh, but yeah, I go back way back with, um, Doctor Who, um, and a one-time fanzine editor of the Doctor Who Information Network, but that was in the, what, 
in the 90s, the early 90s. Um, but yeah, I love science fiction, Doctor Who, um, Star Trek as well. I remember watching that in repeats in the early 70s with my dad and asking mm-hmm. him what a frontier was at the beginning credits, and he explained it quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Star Wars as well. Uh, Irwin's and my son, who's 22 now, uh, he was born on May the 4th. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so. And Sandra's here. Um, Sandra's, I believe, one of our, I, I sort of uh, misspoke at the beginning of our religion episode, mentioning how I you know, Ira was is the only person who's been a guest on all five seasons and has been on five separate episodes. But with uh, Sandra, I think you actually, when I finally went back and looked, I think you've been on five episodes. I think, Rob, you've been on four or five. So it's, uh, you know, we, we don't have a jacket yet Ooh, uh, for people. We, but um, We need a members only jacket for sure. Um, maybe something that has giant robots on it. I feel like that would be perfect. You know, little little nice uh a blazer with skinny lapels and robots. Oh yeah. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. And Sandra, did you want to just say you've been on a few of our um, shows? I think there was a wicker man one and yeah, wicker man uh, and um, Bradbury. Bradbury. Bradbury and the thing. Yes. Um, what else? I can't remember now. Uh, at I, least I turn, I turn up like a bad penny fairly regularly. <laughs> yeah. I tend to go to those shows though, the one, like I, I listen repeatedly to most shows, but the ones with you, I think I've listened to the most. Um, uh, I'm your scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I can't say that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> now, now someone's joined us and I'm not sure if I know him, uh, or maybe my mind is blank, but Chris is here. Chris Long. Did you want to say something, sir? How are you doing? I'm I'm well. Thank you for having us. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you guys might know my name as Scott Hallsmith. That's the name. That's the profile I used on uh, Facebook primarily for the Star Trek memes and stuff and the groups I'm in for that stuff because my primary Chris Long account got sucked, uh, I don't know, a year ago or something for putting too many memes in my own page too quickly. And then that started a cascade of terror and it was all over so well we will be uh through through the show uh which also acts as our sort of year-end party because this is our last episode of 2023 um we're looking at robots in general having a lot of loose robot discussion but david will be giving us a little bit of trivia uh that we uh need to wrestle with um, and he and I will also be going over our top 10 favorite, uh, robots of all time. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing those two at a time as the evening wears on. And, uh, as we get towards the end, we'll be looking for your favorite robots. So please, yeah, sort of ponder that. Um, well, should we start with 10 and 9 right now? Just sure, let's do that. And you can, way. you know, let us know what egregious ones we have. Now, we realize, like all things, we can't cover everything. But so uh, once we get to the end, we will also have sort of an honorable mentions list. Okay, are you ready, David? You want to do uh, 10, to, 10 and 9? Yeah, yeah, let's do 10 and 9. What do you got for 10? What do I have? Okay, so um, after pondering, I started my list with L337 from Solo, A Star Wars Story from 2018. 
um, voiced by Phoebe Walter Bridge. Um, I, I just, I loved everything about that character that uh, it's put upon. Uh, even her gait reflects hardship and uh, she's trying to organize the other aliens, which really goes back to the origins of robots in RUR, which is, you know, forced uh, labor. Um, so I, I thought that was a good starting point for me. Number 10. Do you want me to do nine as well? Or do you sure. want to do your 10? Okay. Um, okay. This one, because it's our show, Dave, we can cheat. So my number nine is sort of an amalgam of the various robots on the $6 million man and bionic woman franchises. So in particular, John Saxon's robot version and the fembots from the bionic woman. Um, the fembots were even brought into the Austin Powers universe. They were so, you know, popular. Um, and I found out doing this, most of you I'm sure do know this, but that fembots are now more politically correctly referred to as Gynoids? Yeah, gynoids. So uh, it, was everybody else familiar with that, or is that a new thing to you? Yeah. I've never heard it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Ira, you got that? Okay, good. I was yeah. hoping I just didn't hit a bad No, but that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my 10 and 9. Okay, so my 10 is, I'm not sure, I think it's just referred to as the robot, but uh, Tom Baker, Doctor Who, there was the robot it was actually called robot as the first serial of the 12th season and um doctor who uh ran from uh, 74 december uh 28th 74 to january 18th it's a four-part series basically it's what interesting is that it introduces tom baker as doctor who and the the robot for some reason gets large and then the doctor has to throw something on it to get it small again but almost reminded me of a certain episode of uh lost in space where the robot becomes large and they have to crawl inside it to try to uh, save it or to try to fix it uh and number nine i had rami from andromeda um and that's sort of my fembot fembot version of uh, my robot list uh would be uh rami um who i found quite now i have no idea how to even say the actress's name lexan is d-o-i-g-g i don't know if it's doig or doig or or whatever. I've never looked that up. I'm not sure if anyone here knows. And does anybody have any uh, thoughts on the four that we've mentioned so far? Um, I, I'm just kind of thrilled that you mentioned the robot episode of Doctor Who, quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah, it's a pretty good episode, that episode. Um, although, you know, it's such a clunky robot. It's so top heavy, um, but it is kind of cool. I was pleased to see the robots from the $6 million man getting their due. Uh, John Saxon plays the robot avatar of Major Frank Sloan. Sorry, Major Fred Sloan, as created by Chester Dolenz. Um, and it's uh, really, uh, you know, in terms of bionic showdowns, bionic fights between Steve and that robot. It's a first season episode uh, called Day of the Robot. And uh, certainly bears watching today. Yeah, I would say that now as kids, you know, we didn't have water coolers, but we had uh, the schoolyard at recess. And that episode, Robert, was definitely the episode that galvanized us all as Six Million Dollar Man fans. Now, um, yeah, not to be not to be too pedantic, but um, 
Uh, I assume that you are, when you say robots, you're talking about any sort of embodied artificial intelligence, because strictly speaking, some of those are androids, right? Uh, The difference being androids have humanoid bodies, whereas robots can have bodies of any shape or size. Well, not to be picayune to your pedantic, (laughs) but I would say android is a subset of robot. An an artificial intelligence embodied in a human-shaped robot body is an android. And that is basically the definition that David and I sort of discussed prior to with, with robot is the sort of the master uh, category and other things falling under it. Although we don't include cyborgs. Um, yeah. Yeah. We considered like cybernetic mm-hmm. organisms or people that are sort of part human being and part robot and some amalgam like the um, uh, uh, Borg in Star Trek and many other $6 million man is a perfect example. He's a cyborg or cybernetic organism. We don't consider that as far our definition of robot or an Android because uh, we want it to be all machine um, and not have a uh, – and then that makes a question about a Dalek because a Dalek is actually a device that allows this creature inside to be able to move around. Or um, the Cybermen, uh, right? Cybermen are out. Yeah. A Dalek is a mobile suit, actually, like a Gundam, really. Mm. rats there go a couple of my top ones then (laughs) but yeah the actor who was inside the robot that david was talking about in uh in the episode of doctor who robot he was an incredibly tall person and he had troubles with his height as well but he was great to play this huge robot that's for sure now if you want to talk really tall people playing a robot gort from the day the earth stood still, mm. played by Locke Martin, who I think was seven foot eight, if I remember correctly. He was the doorman at a hotel and was spotted because of his great height and hired to go inside what was actually a foam rubber suit for Gort the robot. But yes, tall people or interesting body shape people, uh, differentially abled people as robots. Amongst my favorites, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, the three drones from the film Silent Running, all of whom were played by uh, double amputees, people who had lost both legs. Going back to the um, cyborg question, um, what I find interesting there, although we are talking robots, is that when, if you are in fact a cyborg, when do you become a robot? How much of you has to be replaced? And how much do you need to retain in order to be sort of human because i mean this is one of the things that i found quite interesting in uh robocop the 80s original and then robocop the remake whereas in the 80s uh original uh peter weller like when he takes off the the mat the helmet and like he still looks kind of human and you get the sense that he's still somewhat human but then in the remake with uh um it's the guy from that uh, serial killer series uh, anyway, um, he um, they show him looking at himself in the mirror and he's basically just like brain and I think some lungs. So and then he seems much less human, of course. So right. it, that's that question is cyborg robot. When when do you draw the line? If you yeah. get an artificial brain, is that it? Right. I, well, I think these are all great questions, you know, for <laughs> that fall within the genre anyway. So I think it's great to discuss them. And I was even thinking. If hold on, if we're not doing cyborg with the relaunch of BSG, I mean, are, 
aren't those Cylons organic beings? Um, anyway, so I'm a little bit even like wondering about my, my Cylons, my modern Cylons, if, if they do actually fit the, uh, the, uh, the brief. Yeah, I, I what, think they what would. What about the, oh, sorry. I was just oh, going to say in the, in the episode of Doctor Who, let's kill Hitler. Like I love the robot that has the people inside it, but it, would you consider that just a ship or is that a robot? Because it seems to be, mostly independent of the people steering it it seems to react like a person so what would you what how would you qualify that one because that's one of my favorites mm. david what do you think uh, i i would count it uh if it if it has the ability to do things itself and it can just also carry people uh in it there's a difference between things like that suit of art the the, the thing that ripley uses in aliens to fight the uh uh main alien creature is that An exoskeleton that's called mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so something like that is more of a machine that enables you sure. to be able to be stronger do things as opposed to itself being a robot i would so, think so it has to have its own sentience in order to do that um here's a here's a question and this is sort of this is sort of a bizarro segue but the, for the Clive Barker fans, you'll know this. One of my favorite sto- short stories of all time, um, Clive Barker's story in the Hills, the cities where they build uh, basically like a giant robot, but they build it out of people and it's, it's mental. It's um, and so you have the people with the best eyesight who form the eyes of the robot. So it is like this giant kaiju kind of thing and then the the giant robots like the people of one town people of another town then fight each other but they're flesh robots so but they are built of parts in a sense so are they robots i don't know um but i throw that out there simply because they're enormous and that's one of the greatest short stories i've ever read and it's completely cuckoo pants very enjoyable enjoyable all right so um uh, we we're doing our top 10 robots okay. and so far i've had the robot from the doctor who episode and rami my, i'll do my eight and seven then you can do okay. your eight and seven Sounds so my good. eight my eight is nomad from the star trek classic um i just watched it again and that's still that, that's quite a powerful you know it's uh pound for pound the greatest robot ever uh you know that, that's whenever they refer to pound for pound when it comes to a fighter, you know that's a small fighter. Uh, but anyway, so Nomad is great. And Marvin, the paranoid android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I picked as my number seven. Okay, then. Either version of Marvin? Uh, from Hitchhiker's, yeah. But, but, I mean, movie but, versus TV show. Versus okay. radio, versus book. Yeah, yeah, I would probably go with the book, but I, I think there are, you're right, there are different versions. Um, and very, yeah, very different ways that they've taken it for sure. I thought yeah. Alan Rickman added a lot to uh, the, the movie, the movie oh, yeah. version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I feel like I need a disclaimer before I go much further because uh, the, my first five are definitely in sort of like a category of what you might call juvenilia. Most of these things are <laughs> things that I saw when I was really young and made an impression. Although I wasn't that young when I saw this one, but number eight for me 
was Tweaky from Buck Rogers in the 25th century. <laughs> no kidding. I got it. Exactly. What does BTBT mean? Gotta love a wisecracking sidekick. Uh, oh my voice, God, that totally brought it all back. Ah. Yeah, voiced by Mel Blanc. <laughs> and and once you know it's Mel Blanc, it's, you kind of love it even more. Um, of Looney Tune fame, while uh, Felix Silla was inside of Tweaky. Um, and Silla had a massive filmography, especially uh, in genre, but um, it, it ran as early as like Bonanza and, and up to and beyond Batman Returns. Um, but uh, that's that's my number eight is Tweaky. Um, and number seven, I, I wanted to get more actual dates uh, as to when this ran, but from Rocket Ship 7, from Buffalo, New York, Channel 7, with Dave Thomas, uh, Promo the Robot. Um, Promo was one of those robots that, for me, just, you know, made, uh, made them endearing and not scary. Um, and so as a little kid, uh, I had to get promo onto my list because it, again, this would not be on an objective list of the top 10 best ever, but on my top 10, he's there at number seven. I loved promo the robot. No question about that. And I believe there were a couple versions of him, right? Yes, there absolutely were. Yeah. And, and did he have another persona as a sports reporter called Biff Beeper or something like that? Where they just put a, a fedora on top of his head and they gave him a notepad. I, this I isn't I. I think this happened, but I'm not sure. The Anybody sound the, the name Biff Beeper sounds strangely familiar. Uh, Dave, what do you have for uh, six and five? Um, for six, I've got Gort. Matthew um, Barada Nikto. <laughs> yeah, which has been parried, and they've had a bit of fun with that, even in the Evil Dead franchise. And Wally as number five. It was a film that I had never seen. And then um, about, you know, it's, you know, 10 months, a year ago, Alexa said, you've got to see this. So I watched it with her and it was a very good film. I, I was surprised at how good it was. Um, so, uh, Troy, what do you got? Uh, at number six, I have Jaime the Robot from Get Smart. Um, who uh, debuted uh, season one, episode 19, and he was played by the great Dick Goche. And uh, that would have been 1966. And uh, yeah, loved Jaime. And a little later on in the 70s, there was a show called Homes and Yo-Yo, which I felt was like, they almost like couldn't get the rights to Jaime. But um, I also enjoyed that show. But, but Jaime is my number six. And at number five, I get serious finally. Um, and I have from Metropolis, uh, the Machina Human, the Dark Maria, also referred to as Parody and Futura, uh, played by Brigitte Helm, uh, which is the doppelganger to the heroine Maria. And I mean, really, like on film, sort of the starting point for it all. Um, and I still can't really see C3PO without seeing the Metropolis robot. Um, anyway, that's that's my six and five. Okay. Let's say you all. I I, I was going to say, I, I can't remember the name offhand right now, but I, I look at Jaime as the uh, predecessor in almost all ways to the uh, deputy on uh, Eureka. I can't remember his name, oh. though. 
Yeah. That, all the way to the actors, similar sort of look, the, the actual actor they chose. But the two of them seem like they're distant cousins or something. I, I wish I could remember the name right now. I'm caught off guard with, with that one. The the film version of Get Smart um, wasn't as good as the show, but one of the, my main disappointments in the fact that it wasn't good enough, it didn't get a big enough audience to get a sequel, was because in the last two minutes they introduced Jaime. And having a, a whole film with Jaime in it, I think, would have been a gas. It would have been a lot of fun. Sorry, Robert, did you so have follow something? my logic here? Yes, uh, yes. Where is Steve Austin and where are Steve Austin and Jamie Summers from? They're from Ojai, California. Right? How is Ojai spelled? O-J-A-I. That means J-A-I is pronounced hi. What is Jamie Summers' first name? And how is it spelled? <laughs> it's spelled J-A-I-M-E. It's not J-A-M-I-E. Right. J-A-I-M-E. Right. Therefore, her first name really is Jaime. Therefore, the bionic <laughs> woman is, in fact, the spinoff from Get Smart featuring a oh. Jaime character. Q-E-D, my friends. Yes. Q-E-D. <laughs> yes. Well done. You okay, sold my, me on this, Rob. My brain is blown. Bye. I can't <laughs> argue with that logic. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, Jerome, jump in. I wanted to ask a question because you've not matched on any of yours. So you've gotten through five without any cross uh, pollination or cross posting. And I'm just wondering, what is your criteria that you're looking for in a great robot? It may be very different. So I'm just, I'm just interested in finding that out. I just picked robots that spoke to me that, that meant something to me plus i just whipped this thing off so to be honest but just kidding that, that may have come out wrong. i remember yeah yes uh, uh but you'll see some and we've done this before sometimes we've agreed on a list and we present one that we've agreed on sometimes we've separate present them separately you're going to see some overlap very soon we think but i but i can yes i i know that i have one that you've already done um for me jerome i i brainstormed uh sort of a master list um, and I'd be thinking that if, if they're coming to my mind, first of all, they are probably the ones that are, have some, have some meaning for me. Um, and then I, as I was doing it, I started to go through things that I knew were, you know, culturally important to the genre. Um, and then I went back to it and it's like, almost like a Sophie's Choice thing, which one really is more, <laughs> more important to me. Um, so that's how like, you know, Jaime ended up on the list. It's like, how do I not have Jaime? Mm. Um, so I think that answers it pretty much. Yeah. Very yeah. fascinating to see your process, both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we like, you know, like I threw in a whole $6 million man bionic woman thing for one answer, which is kind of cheating. And I do the same in my, I guess with my next one, do you want me to do number four? Yeah. Yes, please. You so I have, this out of the way. I have as, as a tie, um, Mecha Godzilla and Mecha Kong. Mm. Um, and had Mechagodzilla come first, I would have probably just gone with him, but, but Mecha Kong came out in 66 and Mechagodzilla was 74. Um, and I just felt I, I couldn't go with one without the other. Um, and I have no notes at all on that because really it's just like, it speaks for itself. It's like, it's Mechagodzilla. I mean, come on. How can he not be on the list? Um, so that's my four. And my number three, I felt I, after I'd done the list, I made one change, and this was number three. 
um, cause I felt she really did need to be there. And that's, uh, Dolores from Westworld. Um, I, I really love that series, especially season one and Evan Rachel Ward's performance as Dolores, uh, really spoke to me. And, uh, we just did a show with Jerome on religion and, um, we could clearly have gotten into Westworld, um, because it, it answers or it, it uh, addresses a lot of questions that are sort of pertinent to our existence. And of course, all robot stories do. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I just wanted to get Dolores in there and I need to do a rewatch of Westworld, especially season one real soon. Dave, you have your, oh, your four and three. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I think it's Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, sorry. Um, yes. Wood. Yes. I, I wrote Wood, but I said word. Yeah. And um, that's a series I, I really loved. I think I saw the first season and possibly the first two. Really, really good series. I have the Terminator as number four, and the uh, the robot from Metropolis, uh, which I have here as future, okay, but also known as the other names that you had mentioned uh, as my three. Um, if we want to just finish off our list, so we don't have to worry about it, uh, Robbie the robot and the robot from Lost in Space. Uh, Gunter, which I think some people may remember the acronym for that. I think Rob probably has it memorized. General um, Utility, non-theorizing environmental robot. The name is only seen spelled out as an acronym in one episode, a flashback that shows the packing crate the robot came in. And the letters G-U-N-T-E-R are highlighted in red. However, Robert Kinoshita, who built the robot, said his name was Claud, because he had those claws. Are we talking about the robot Claude. from Lost in Space? Lost in Space. Yeah. What I I always had heard B nine. Or is that B nine is a model space? number that is not a name. Yeah. He says I am a yeah. environmental control robot model B nine. But we're diving deep here, Chris. B yeah. nine <laughs> is simply I've one only ever heard robot B nine as his model number. Yeah. And oh, Gunter okay. is never said on screen. You have to read it on the packing crate. And as I say, Kinoshita called him Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, but because he had the two claws. He's oh. benign. He's benign. Yeah. He's easy <laughs> He's and benign. good. And, oh, yeah. my God. How did I miss that? How did I miss that? <laughs> That's oh. awesome. Okay. I yeah, feel we like also I feel- miss... We miss K9 from uh, Doctor Who as well. But, uh, Troy, we got your top two as well, which are? Okay. Um, so my number two, David, is actually number six, if that makes any sense to you. But, yeah. It I was, was really number one if you watch The Prisoner. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Robert, you just – I was going to go back to uh, The Prisoner in a second because I wanted to ask, is – is I forget the name. I used to know, but the ball. The ball. Rover. Is that is Rover a robot? It, well, it's a weather balloon. Right. <laughs> yes, I would say it's an autonomous uh, AI. Sure, why okay. not? Okay. Anyway, because it just occurred to me. So yes, I was going back to the prisoner there. Anyway, so right. So I had number six from BSG, a Cylon played by Trisha Helfer. Uh, Cylons first appeared in the 1978 version of Glenn Larson's Battlestar Galactica. Uh, the original incarnation looked like shiny metallic versions of Darth Vader, but the 2003 reboot gave us Cylons that look human 
And in the case of Trisha Helfer, number six, very human. Um, in early episodes of the reboot, we are left wondering if she is a god, a hallucination, a terrorist, or all of the above. Um, and again, along with most elements of, of BSG, it was hard for me like not to include uh, her high up on this list. Um, so I had, yeah, Trisha Helfer as number six at number two. And for me, in terms of my favorite, I was going to say Martian, my favorite Android robot, um, is uh, Marvin the Paranoid Android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I guess to answer, I think Chris's question, um, I, I love Alan Rickman as, as, um, Marvin. Uh, so, um, his first appearance, I guess, was the 78 radio comedy. Would that be right, Ira? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right to you. Yeah. I figured you would know. You're muted, Ira. Sorry, yeah, the character out as a radio yes. drama or radio yeah. program. That's correct. Ah, yeah. Um, and for me, life. I thought Marvin Don't is... talk to me about life. <laughs> yes. I, I thought Mar- Marvin is perhaps the most human of all of the androids. Um, Marvin is filled with self-doubt, self-loathing, and is more lovable than most humans you'll ever encounter. So that's what made him my number one. Um, again, thoughts, guys. <laughs> well, there's also deep thought in um, mm. in Hitchhiker's Guide as well, um, which oh, takes an mm. awfully long time to come up with an answer, but it's usually brilliant. Yeah, we always thought of... I got uh, a second Marvin. Marvin would have been my first choice, too, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I would have probably gone with uh uh number 6 from BSG would have been up there for sure because I I did love the reboot of that show. I was also thinking of uh the ridiculous dog from uh the original Child. Battlestar. The, the dagger. Oh, yes. The dagger. Oh, my God. Um, which, so you put a monkey into that suit, which kills me that they that, that was the thing that could happen back then. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's actually I, a chimpanzee. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. And who, who else would? Yes. Thank you for that clarification, Robert. Uh, I, I like the synthetics from the Aliens movies. And, uh, you know, even like I liked Alien Resurrection and Winona Ryder as the android in that because, you know, she does look robotic and wooden and this really kind of <laughs> for her finally, finally. Um, and then the, um, the, the Nazi scientist mechanical man in Hellboy just because mm. of how astonishingly he moves. And like, I don't know who the actor was who was doing it, who clearly, you know, was very bendy. Um, yeah, yeah. I love it. But we're, I mean, none of these are really giant robots uh, per se, but, you know, I would, uh, I, I love, uh, uh, of course, uh, Westworld and um, the things that, that made me, do you remember this absolutely dreadful show called Men and Machine? Called no. M-A-N-N, starring Yancey Butler as wow. Eve. You know, it's like there she's a robot, but also a cop. It's like, <laughs> um, right. it, it did not last long. And again, Yancey Butler being one of those quite beautiful but completely wooden actresses, you know, robot. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. I, I remember that. That was like scary because it was not. Good. Yes. Well, they should have uh, put it in a time slot with Manimal. Manimal. I was and just Manimal about to say Manimal. Yeah. Simon, Simon McCorkendale. I, <laughs> I mean, it was not good, but I loved it. Jerome, Jerome, you had something there? 
I have a I have a question. Um, uh, is the doctor from uh, Voyager counted as a robot? He has no. He has a physical form when the force fields are in place, but and he's completely mechanical and he can be reprogrammed, which is what's so scary about him. But I think he has a wonderful arc, and I just I see him. I don't see him as a robot, but I I'm wondering if he fits a definition. I, I would think so. No, no, I have no. I'm seeing head shakes though. Robert and Ira. Well, anybody else? No, I would I would categorize him as an artificial intelligence, perhaps, mm. but because he's not physically embodied, right? Um, he isn't strictly speaking a robot. But he is. I mean, he's physically he's able to touch people. He's the he's the doctor, um, <laughs> and um, and people are able to. I mean, he's physically there when he needs to be but then he can you know become physically um, when he doesn't need to be yeah mm. yeah it's obviously an edge case yeah it yeah. doesn't have a mechanical body doesn't have an electronic body it's a hologram with micro manipulated force fields um surrounding it that gives it an illusion of physicality but then if you the illusion of physicality is the exact same technology as on the holodeck that gives you know, mm-hmm. appearance of apparent uh, physical form, uh, you know, that you can bump into or pick up for the things that are simply projections on the holodeck, too. So mm-hmm. is the holodeck a robot then? No, it obviously right. isn't. It's not mobile. It's just an edge case. I mean, I, I don't know if this ties into the data thing, but one thing like one character, I, a robot character I didn't mention was the major from uh, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. um, if if that counts. And one of the things that that explores so well is the idea of identity is, am I really a person? And so if you have someone who's a mechanical person going, what am I, you know, am I something, am I something with agency or am I just my programming? Right. You know, and in Ghost of Michelle, you have people that suddenly are programmed with memories, you know, and they don't know. I guess the replicants from, uh, in Blade Runner uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody want to throw in their, uh, a favorite before, uh, we get to tin, the Tin Man. I'd like, I'd like to add something oh, that hasn't been touched uh, on. Chris, what was that? I'd like to add something that hasn't been touched on so far. I've been waiting for it. I'm I'm a fan of the unique and the obscure and things like that and design, being a frustrated designer and engineer. A, a robot creature thing that has always impressed me since the first time I saw it was Proteus from the movie Demon Seed. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All those. That is one of the most unique things ever, with its ability to change shape and add tools and become different things. It was. It, I've never seen a creation like that. Proteus is just uh, unique under everything, and so terrifying. Yes. Well, I'll run down quickly my my list here before we get into David's uh, trivia. Um, and we have touched on some of these, but these are just some of the ones that I included when I, in, from my brainstorm. So we did say data. Um, I have David, the AI from AI by Kubrick slash Spielberg. Um, Conky 2000 from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, <laughs> from uh, 86 to 1990, the Iron Giant. Uh, we, we did touch on Gort, which you, you know, how do you not touch on Gort? Um, of course, uh, C3PO and R2D2, Gigantor. Um, which I almost made my list, but but there's not enough there. Um, and from the comics, Brainiac, Vision, and Red Tornado, uh, all three that I was uh, sort of fascinated by as a kid. 
Uh, David, I think you must have mentioned Terminator, right? The the T eight hundred. Yeah, not the T thousand, which I should have. Right, and the uh, we did touch on Roy, like well, all of the replicants, but I had Roy Batty, Rachel, and Pris. Um, Ava from Ex Machina, uh, Bender from yes. Fu- from Future Futurama, yes. <laughs> um, Seven of Nine, the MST three thousand robots, Tom Servo, uh, Croti robot, and GPC. Dot Matrix, there you go, Dan. Dot Matrix from uh, Spaceballs. And this one almost made my list because I love this character and it's such a tiny little bit of the overall storyline. But Minsky from Fargo, season three. Um, I don't know if anybody else, does this ring a bell with anybody? It's an animated segment of Fargo. Somebody's writing a story and it's about this robot called Minsky. And when they go into this character's brain, they animate it. And all Minsky can say is, I can help. I can help. I can help. And Minsky sees the entire evolution of, well, I think our universe. And these beings find Minsky. They thank her for being a witness to everything because now they have access to all of our records of history. And they let Minsky go, basically. Minsky is relieved at the end and it's beautiful like you will weep when you see it but you can you can find the animated segments put together in a five minute little package on YouTube um, check it out because I think you will all love it um, so that was my last one Minsky from Fargo season three can one I do the- one that I'm kind of yeah. shocked that nobody mentioned so one of the pleasures of reading a like a, of a robot reading robots as opposed to watching them on TV is like uh, Martha Wells' Murderbot, because putting yourself into that perspective is fantastic, watching mm. this this poor robot figure out that it's a murderer and then have to solve the crime and everything. David, I think we are ready to play Who's That Robot? So let's do it. This is an example of how the questions are set up. There's a quote and then four selections. You choose which one you think is right. And you have 15 seconds. Some of these, you might only need 10 seconds or less to select. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the first one. The first decade is from 2010 up until 2023. Question one. There are things you can't fight. Acts of God. You see a hurricane coming. You have to get out of the way. But when you're in a Jaeger, suddenly you can fight the hurricane. You can win. So the options are Pacific Rim, the Crater, the Avengers, or Real Steel. Give you 10 seconds for this. Got it. Okay, I think that was a fairly simple one. If people want, I can, uh, instead of scoring at the end, I can um, mention that the answer is... Pacific Rim A. So anyone that had picked that, just make yourself a note that you have one right. If you didn't get that, better luck on the next question, which is coming up right now. The places that will let you fight this robot will make you pee your little pants. (laughs) That's again the same options Pacific Rim, the creator, the Avengers, or real steel. I'll give you uh, probably 10 seconds for this.
okay, that probably is enough time. Buzzer uh, bang. Just, just guess. Uh, this is real steel. Yay. So the answer is D is in David. I wrote it. I really did. And next one, I've left off the character names because it would give it away. But one character says, big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? And the person who responds says, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Okay. So you have to guess, is that Pacific Rim, Crater, Avengers, or Real Steel? And you have five seconds for this one. <laughs> now, I'm assuming you, you're you allowing for the possibility that the same movie could be in play twice, right? I don't want to give anything away. No, but if you don't, then we're just limiting, like we're, okay. I don't want to give anything away. All right. Okay. Fair enough. So the answer to this is the Avengers. And the final one for this. Wow. I'm good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For this decade, for this 2010 to 2023, my best friends are software. Do you have to guess, is that Pacific Rim, the creator, the Avengers, or Real Steel? I'll give you 10 seconds on that one. No Googling if you're playing at home. <laughs> yeah, no cheating. Okay, so that's probably enough time. And that happens to be be the creator. I haven't seen that film yet, but I am planning on it at some point. So those are four uh, questions for that decade, and we move on to the next decade. And you may notice that in some cases I may have had an answer for each one, but that could change. Okay. Well, how many? Happens. How many? How many decades do we have? Uh, we have a few because we've got 20 questions. So it's okay, there we go. So okay. the last one will be the 70s. Okay, bring it. Um, and then at the very end, we'll add up and whoever has the most. If there's a couple of people with the same, I have one or two tiebreakers. Um, but uh, th- that'll be very quick. So this okay. is the decade of the 2000s. Human beings have dreams. Even dogs have dreams, but not you. You are just a machine. Is that Star Trek Nemesis, Transformers, iRobot, or Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? You have, uh, I'll give you 15 seconds on this one. Okay. And that's pretty close to 15 seconds. So the answer to that one is iRobot, which is C. Next one, question six. Message from Starfleet, Captain. Throughout the inanimate vastness of space, and angels will rain down like visitors from heaven. Hallelujah. Is that Star Trek Nemesis, Transformers, iRobot, or Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? That's about 15 seconds. So you just have to guess at this point if you haven't selected. The answer to this is Transformers B. Next up. I will always be puzzled by the human predilection for piloting vehicles at unsafe velocities. Is that Star Trek Nemesis, Transformers, iRobot, or Sky Captain? Hmm. 
and that should be enough time. Uh, that one is Star Trek Nemesis. Next one. You honestly think you're going to find something more important than every single creature on Earth being led two by two inside a giant rocket ship? So the options are Star Trek Nemesis, Transformers, iRobot, or Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That should be enough time for people. Otherwise, just take a shot. The answer is D, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. We're running along here nice and fast. I'm very happy with fewer selections and fewer questions. This one is the first one of the 1990s. Never send a human to do a machine's job. Is that Universal Soldier? Ghost in the Shell, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, or The Matrix. I'll give you 15 seconds. Need to find a little Muzak to throw in between these. Yeah, we can find something, maybe something very mechanical or robot-like. So what we have for this one is The Matrix. This one, uh, question 10, it's uh, second of four for the 1990s. Project 2501 says, as a sentient life form, I hereby demand political asylum. Section 9 Department Chief Aramaki responds, is this a joke? Is that Universal Soldier, Ghost in the Shell, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, or The Matrix? And I think that's enough time. For those who pick Ghost in the Shell, B, you are correct. Third question of the 1990s. Do you really think for one second those wimps at the Pentagon would allow the regeneration of dead soldiers, American soldiers? Is that Universal Soldier, Ghost in the Shell, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, or The Matrix? Bondi. Okay. That's enough time. The answer is A, Universal Soldier. The final question for the 1990s. He supplied, so this is actually not a film, this is the person. He supplied the voice <laughs> to the Iron Giant in the 1999 film. Is this, it should be James. Obviously, I've spelt that incorrectly by some, some M is too close to N. James Earl Jones is A, B is Kurt Russell, C is Harry Connick Jr., and D is Vin Diesel. Got 10 seconds. Hmm. What an interesting question. 
All right. And that's time. If you haven't guessed already, just take a random guess. And the answer is Vin Diesel. Ooh. And for the 1980s, first question, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Is that Robocop, Short Circuit, Blade Runner, or The Terminator? That should be enough time. The answer is A, Robocop. Second question. Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. Is that A, Robocop, B, Short Circuit, C, Blade Runner, or D, The Terminator? Okay, that should be enough time. The answer is D is in David, the Terminator. The third question for the 1980s. You were made as well as we could make you. Is that A, Robocop, B, Short Circuit, C, Blade Runner, or D, the Terminator? And that should be enough time. That is C, Blade Runner. The final question of the 1980s. Hey, laser lips. Your mama was a snowblower. Is that A, Robocop, B, Short Circuit, C, Blade Runner, or D, The Terminator? And that should be enough time. That's from the movie Short Circuit, which the answer would be. And the final decade. And I do like how quickly this is going. First question of the 1970s. We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. Is that A, Westworld? B, Silent Running? C, Alien? Or D, Star Wars? Okay, and that should be enough time if anyone wants to just guess, but that one is Star Wars, D. Second question. It's a robot. Ash is a goddamn robot. Is that A, Westworld, B, Silent Running, C, Alien, or D, Star Wars? Sounds like it could be the Evil Dead, too. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Do you mean Evil Dead or the Evil Dead 2? Just kidding, T-O-O or T-W? Okay, so the answer to this one is C, Alien. 
Spoiler alert, I should have said before that one. All right. And Huey, I thought I told you to stay in the forest. Is that A, Westworld, B, Silent Running, C, Alien, or D, Star Wars? And that should be enough time. That is B as in in boy. Silent running. Or B as in babblefish, I guess. Or babblefish. Um, Final question for tonight. This is the last question. Anything after this, we'll add up our scores and then see if there's a tie. And I've got a couple tiebreakers. So this is the last question. There is no more beauty and there's no more imagination. And there are no frontiers left to conquer. Is that A, Westworld, B, Silent Running, C, Alien, or D, Star Wars? All right. So that should be enough time. This is it. So the answer, as I repeated on that one, it's B is in... Babelfish. It is silent running. I picked two Ooh. silent runnings in that just to throw people off. You devil. And is there anyone out there who actually got 20 out of 20? Just speak up. So with no one who had 20, is anyone at 19? Well, I didn't think that this was that difficult, but I guess there are there it's enough buried stuff and it's complicated enough that there's no one with nineteen. But is there anyone with eighteen? I got eighteen. Anyone else with eighteen? I'd love to do a tiebreaker. <laughs> if Winner, not, I think Daniel. Stephen is our man, Stephen Humphrey. He's got eighteen of them. May I ask which sir. which two you didn't get? Well, you, you did throw me off with the Transformers one, and then the yes. last one, the second, the second, uh, uh, the second uh, silent running quote. Uh, I, I missed those. Well uh, done, sir. Yeah, the uh, tiebreakers would have been uh, a bit fun because basically there was this this list saying the best seventeen robot movies of all time, and you would have had to have guessed which one. Um, this list has without, of course, Googling. You just have to sort of guess. And I believe its answer was the Terminator. Oh, no, it was the Terminator. And the Terminator. final one was more fun. And this oh, one not Robot Monster? Cool. Robot Monster, come on. Now, this one, I don't know if Rob would have got this. This is a very cool question. The, 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 the tiebreaker, too, was Daisy Bell was composed by Harry. I don't know if that's Dockery or Docker. In 1892, in what year did the IBM 7094 become the first computer to sing, singing the song Daisy Bell? Was it 61, 63, 65, or 1967? Mm. And that's a tough one. I go 1963. Three? Okay. Okay, so the answer they had was 1961. I guess. All right. I was wrong. Let me stop to share. But that was a fun, that worked out very well because I'm glad I shortened the questions I'd had. You were per because that just made it move a bit quicker. So let me stop my share. And, and thanks thank for everyone, everyone for playing. Yeah. 
All right. Happy holidays, everybody. All right, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks, Thanks a for lot. doing this so Bye-bye. much, as always. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for this inviting us. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, Thanks, I enjoyed everyone. this immensely, and I will certainly be back again. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you, Chris. Merry, merry, Take everyone. Care. Have a great 2024, folks. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. No, I'm not sure what we're doing. We're, we're cleaning yeah. up. We're cleaning up the apartment now that everybody's uh, leaving. David, you know, we're we're left with that type of <laughs> type of thing. The people that won't leave. Wow, that was something, Dave. It was nice seeing all the people. We had like thirteen or fourteen people at this, which was great. Yeah, and thanks for putting the work into the uh, the trivia contest. That was uh, a good thing. I think it worked out well because it does cover our our things because we do cover a lot of seventies and eighties stuff. It's got current stuff. I've shortened it, and I think it went fast enough that it. I think it worked out very well. Yeah, well, I think you know we've just done it, Dave. We have just uh, done our last show of the calendar year. Yeah, this is uh, should be dropping December thirtieth, and then we've got we're taking May, uh, we're taking January off. We'll be back in February. So, but it's been a good. This is actually the seventh episode of the. This is the exact half. Well, you know, some of those series, they run half their episodes and they have this nice break in the winter months and then they come back like a mid-season break kind of thing. So this is our seventh episode. We got seven more planned from February up until May the 4th. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, we want to thank everybody, everyone that has uh, participated, not just the people that were here tonight, but uh, all of you listening on the podcast uh, for being here. This is our third actual uh I guess year of, of doing the show, um, which is hard to believe, but, um, we're glad that you're all out there. Please keep, uh, coming back and, uh, let other people know about the show. If you would be so kind to do that, um, like and subscribe on all the different, uh, podcast, oh, sorry, like and subscribe on all the dish- different socials, wherever you are picking us up. Um, do tell a friend if you can. Um, check us out uh, definitely on Facebook because uh, that's where a lot of fun happens. Um, and that is just as it sounds. It's uh, two old farts talk sci-fi, no numbers in there, all words. And you can check us out on our website, 2of.ca. That's a numeric two. And uh, yeah, have yourself a great 2024, people. I hope uh, you were able to get 20 through 2023 okay. And uh uh dave anything you want to add uh yeah it's been uh, a a great first half of uh, season five uh looking forward to um the second half and having a nice break and i i bought a lot of eggnog i've like three (laughs) different types of eggnog that i'm gonna be working through and I enjoy all the fans and, and the people that listen to us. I think we have more than one listener now, which is kind of nice. <laughs> That's right. Um, We're into the plural now. Yes. Um, so anyways, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Troy, for doing this um, series. It's a very much uh, a shared uh, thing that we work all this stuff together and we come up with things. And uh, it's just a great collaboration. I do uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, and it's uh, very much mutual, David. Thank you. All right. So I am David Clink. And I am Troy Harkin. And thanks for all listening to Two Old Farts.
Talk Sci-Fi. 